Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Talking About Birds, the only carnal podcast that, like Matt Carpenter, is mostly just here to chat. My name is Nate Heininger, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Ben Samorka. Hey, Nate H., we're here. We're here. We did it. If you have an idea for the opening bit, text or leave us a voicemail at 848-48-BIRDS. Hambone, we're here. Yes. We did it. We've done it. First of all, though, before we talk about the upcoming spring training games, which I'm very excited, just want to say happy birthday to the show. This is technically our two-year episode anniversary. Wow. Or this is... This is episode 104. We've been doing this for two years exactly now. Man, how does that feel? Bad. <laughs> it's, um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's it's fine. Yeah. We've uh, done it. Surprised I, I at honestly, our... I didn't even realize that. Yeah, surprised at our ability to commit to anything <laughs> the, this, this long. No one can say we haven't showed up. At the very least, we're here. End of um, list, but no one can, yeah, they yeah. can't take that away from us. Our ability to be available uh-huh. rivals some of the best in the game. <laughs> you see Derek Gould putting out a podcast every week? I don't think so. I don't think. Sure. See, he might see, be writing see, weekly articles, daily articles, and other well, content. Blah, but blah. Chap GPT does all the work for him, uh, too. Wow. What is, how many articles is Katie Wu putting out? I don't see her. Or I mean, she does a lot of podcasts, but <laughs> she doesn't have her own podcast. Like, who is the athletic? Yeah. What, like, why do we read what, him? What, what, like, yeah. What, what, Jeff Athletic? Who even is the athletic? Jeff Fletic? <sighs> yeah. I've never heard of him. I've never you know, heard of him. Jason Stark, Hall of Famer. Who cares? <laughs> who cares? Tim Kirkchen, never heard of him. Hall of Fame's rigged anyway. <laughs> Especially just like the, the writers. <laughs> yeah, all the writers are uh, those PEDs. I can't believe Taylor Swift ri- rigged the Hall of Fame. We oh all know. Why, why did you even invoke her name on this show? That was bad. <laughs> that was a bad call. That was bad. Uh, and we love Derek Gould and Katie Wu. But um, obviously, no, this I'm is calling the- them out. 104, baby. Let's go. Two years. <laughs> 104. Um, yeah, you're right. I'm back on your side on this. Fight, fight, fight. There's we're not number. We're online. here. What? Yeah. There's not enough infighting online. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that's what the Cardinals fan community needs is a little more just fighting. Yeah. Vinegar, vitriol, vinegar. Uh, yeah. gasoline, whatever. All the bad mm-hmm. things. Yep. Just throw out a single idea about Trevor Bauer and see what happens. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> nope. Move along. Move along. <laughs> Next topic. Uh, well, we did a whole big thing for our 100th episode because that felt like a... a a clearer milestone, but I didn't want to pass up that this is our two year anniversary. So yeah, that's um, cute. Yeah. And, uh, we, we basically now this is our, I'd say this is our last episode really of the true off season because this Saturday we've got our first televised baseball games. I mean, it's, it's, it's the first game of spring training. 
We get Split Squad. There's two Cardinals games, two both games. on television. Uh, they're playing the Mets and the Marlins. And it has been announced uh, uh, that Matthew Libertor and Zach Thompson are going to be starting both of those games. Unfortunately, they're happening at the exact same time. Um, but this is great. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to legitimately have my laptop on my couch and watching one of the games on the big TV. I'm going to be watching two baseball games at the same time. I cannot wait. For the listeners, what time are these games? Uh, noon? <laughs> <laughs> what time zone? I don't know. Um, Just noon. noon. Sure. Okay. <laughs> I think it's a noon CST. Uh, uh, vamp, Nate, do, do something well, funny. Do a classic Certainly, bit. if you have figured out how to download our podcast. I thought you'd have this more readily available. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 1205 CST. Well, hey, okay. 1205 noon, CST. Yes. Noon o'clock central. Whew, um, that was you did tough. it. Now yeah. that was some Googling. Um, but yeah, I, obviously I'm incredibly excited. Uh, this off season has been a very interesting one, both as a Cardinal fan and as a fan of the the sport at large, but nothing beats actually having baseball to talk about and box scores to peruse and uh, highlights. I know we're both MLB TV subscribers, so just sort of ending the night, watching some of the highlights from the yeah. day, uh, you know, really one of my favorite things to do so i'm looking I forward will, to having uh, that again i i do this all year but i i think every year my lovely wife forgets how obsessed i am and i will watch the highlights of an entire game that i had already previously watched before going to bed yeah. which is when, just when we when i was stupid. there last april for the three rockies games yeah i think every night we'd end up back at home at your place watching the highlights from the game that we had been at that day <laughs> already <laughs> Um, it's a different angle you know it is a different angle you can see it a lot better yeah yeah so Get that play-by-play breakdown you know i'm too busy looking around eating nachos throwing pitches you know to really focus on the game okay looking at those trees out in the outfield the trees are good the trees yeah. are good um i guess you're talking about the, the fast pitch game is that what yeah. you're referencing okay yeah yeah, yeah. um Oh, I can't wait for a rematch. <laughs> I, I know. I my um I had started doing a pitching regimen after that. Yeah. And I I had definitely noticed some gains, but I have I had I've let it slide a little bit. So I think I gotta I gotta get back. I gotta get back in shape for that. It's spring training. Spring training. That's what That's we're here right. for. That's right. I had been wor- I was working on my leg kick. Uh and yeah. I don't know if you remember, I've just been throwing a baseball against my back fence. And uh, and I think the crowning achievement of that was when it bounced back and hit me right in the throat. So. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow. Um, Athlete. Yeah. Well, yeah, we're we're you know, we're really into biomechanics here. I'm sure you can figure out the way to maximize that weird wiry body you have. Well, I have been going to driveline. Uh, they were like, and what team do you play for? <laughs> that would be so funny. I wonder how much it costs for like a civilian to get like driveline coaching. Um, yeah, I, I would imagine there's a, I, I, I doubt that they have that just as a, like a, a like a, like a menu board of options, you know, just like, I wonder, um, well, I'll tell you what, if the Patreon starts to <laughs> explode by a factor that is unpredictable at this current moment, we are absolutely taking you to driveline for a uh, like a remote show we'll do a we'll do a remote at driveline i feel like the nice thing ben is i got a lot of room to grow 
You know what I mean? They would look like, at you. You're a lump of clay and they're going to turn you yeah. into a pot or whatever the fuck they do. Yeah. Turn me into a pot. Um, <laughs> I, I'm certain. A vase. I, like, there's probably no person that stepped into that building that would have more ceiling uh, no. than me, mostly because my I'm so low now. Yeah. You could add 40 miles per hour to one of my pitches and I'm then I'm touching like the seventies or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like even the, the children, the baseball player children that are, are, are probably bopping around there as their dads are, are getting better are probably more athletic than you are. Probably are, um, are more athletic than you. Yeah. Are. Yeah. It's like all those kids that smoked me skiing a couple weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, they sure did. <laughs> there, uh. There's like few moments in my life that I've been more like tense than skiing and having an entire ski school of kids just sort of envelop me and pass me. I'm like, stay away from me, children. (laughs) I am not in control in this moment. I need you to get away from me because I do not want to obliterate you. I I think people can look at you and your stance and your style of skiing and know they need to get away from you. Is that guy pizzaing on a flat? <laughs> Hockey stop. Um, Hockey stop. Yeah. 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 Uh, so I, I can't let that one just slide by. <laughs> Every time Nate would come to a stop, he would just simply say "Hockey stop," <laughs> not do anything different, but slowly pizza to a stop and say "Hockey stop" like he was. Uh, Hot shit or something. Hockey stop is it's more in the mind than it is um, the body. I, so. I, I now I just want your physical intelligence. I want you to take this to drive line and explain <laughs> to Kyle Bodie why you know more. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, that how long before I well actually a drive line technician? Um, oh, God, technician. Minutes. What do they call themselves? Coach. Sure. Probably I think technician is good. Probably yeah. coach is probably the actual, coach. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, if you've been looking for a reason to join the Patreon, um, we need a stretch goal. Like, you know how they do those, you, you know, legit organizations will do those like if dollar amounts and they do something new. Yeah. We need some sort of dollar amount where I'll go and sign up for Driveline. <laughs> I, you know what? I'm going to make myself a note. I am going to send an email to Driveline just to see if we even get a response. Uh, yeah. I will. Uh, I'll follow up with I mean, that, they're a gonna... business. Certainly yeah. there has to be a dollar amount. Um, yeah, yeah. Let's let's track this down. Let's see how much it would cost to get me into driveline. Yeah, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna frame it like we want to do a remote. Um, we we want to you know maybe they'll uh they'll think our podcast is good and and give us some benefit. Uh-oh. We'll we'll see what happens. We'll see. Let's <laughs> not. We'll, we cannot bank on them liking them. I think we need to go in with subterfuge here. I think we need okay. to approach it like we're some sort of league or something. Like okay, they need to think smart. that. Yeah, they need Can to think that we... Can you cut this part out of the show in case they listen? No, okay. no. We Thank don't you. edit this show. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, we, let's get back into baseball. So you Come mentioned on. it already. Um, uh, Libertor and uh, Thompson are getting the starts yeah. for the first two games. Uh, now, on the one hand, that's not super surprising because especially when you have a starting rotation full of uh, near retirees, they are often... Their their throwing program really doesn't start ramping up until you get late into the uh, into spring training, um, and these early games are very often, uh, you know, an opportunity for the younger players to get out and and quote unquote start a game. 
But I do think there's a little bit of particular intrigue with this. I mean, you could argue that these two guys are in direct competition for a spot on on the team. Um, I think they're both likely on the opening day roster. Um, yeah. But in what role uh, is very, very open right now, especially when you take into consideration the uh, the conversation from last week around at least for the first two weeks or so of the season, the Cardinals are are exploring a six man rotation. So with that, like either of these guys could be that six man or they both could even be in there depending on how things shake out. Yeah. Yeah. I think these are probably two of the most important names coming into spring training. Um, Zach Thompson kind of uh, showed us what he can do as a starter at the end of last year. And I think, you know, I'm feeling pretty positive about that. We saw what Matthew Libertor was doing out of the bullpen. Maybe he found something. Maybe he could be a starter. Maybe Steven Matz has health issues. Maybe any one of these 30 plus year old pitchers have health issues. And this competition, uh, whether it's them directly competing with each other or uh, for that fifth and sixth spot or, you know, however it all shakes out, I think, yeah, it's, it's kind of exciting. It's really important. And, um, I have a feeling that Matthew Libertor and Zach Thompson are basically going to be as close to 100% on their first start as they could possibly be this early yeah. in the season because they're uh they're you know they're on the edge of the roster. It's very these games are super important for guys like this. So uh yeah, I don't know. I think it's cool. I think it's a cool way to start spring training. A lot of uh yeah, we'll have a lot to talk about next week, which will be great. Yeah. Um I think it's also probably worthwhile to have that that disclaimer about all spring training coverage and everything we're going to talk about over the next month and a half is that like spring training is a weird combo of everyone saying none of this matters. Right. While it also obviously mattering very, very much so for guys like Libertor and Thompson who are on the edge of the rotation. So I think like, what we mean when we say it doesn't matter is that very often the high level results don't matter, right? The score of the game does not matter. Um, you know, maybe a, a single bad inning doesn't necessarily matter, but what you're looking for is those underlying numbers and that overall approach from those guys. Yeah. And I think, yeah, to be maybe overly descriptive, like, this doesn't matter for the majority of the starting lineup. This doesn't really matter for position players as much other than getting ready. And I think Mason Wynn and Jordan Walker taking steps either offensive or defensively, depending on which guy we're talking about. But yeah, outside of that, it doesn't. I, it, it, it doesn't. There are a lot of pitchers that we need to be talking about. Yeah. Though. Um, I think the Riley O'Brien hype train has fully left the station. I'm not sure yeah. if you've been reading about what he's done in early backfield work, but we're seeing a 99 to 100 mile an hour fastball uh, with some devastating breaking stuff. Um, Nick Robertson, Cloffenstein, uh, uh, where where are all these guys fitting in? Who are you super excited to see this spring training? Yeah. Um well, I think the obvious answer and the answer you're going to hear from everybody to some degree is Jordan Walker. Um, yeah. And I think that there's a ton of reasons why he's primed for a huge second year. 
just look at his September and August numbers to like if he's even 80 percent of that, we're talking about a all star level player, yeah. let alone if he takes a step forward. Um, but really, I think who I'm most excited to see is Mason Wynn. Um, I think that we got a taste defensively uh, of him last year, and I think there's a lot of, you know, a lot of obvious excitement about watching him. But I think I said this last week. One thing that has happened pretty consistently with Mason Wynn is that after promotion, he struggles offensively, but it doesn't take too terribly long for him to make the adjustment and regain that offensive prowess. Now, he's never going to be a masher. Um, We use the Raphael for call comp a lot, Um, but like he should be or he has the the ability to be both an above average offensive player and a elite or near elite defensive player. And we saw shades of the near elite defensive player last year, uh, but we didn't really see the offense. And so I'm really looking forward to one, just what there are a few things more fun in baseball than a high end defensive shortstop. So I'm just like, I'm just looking forward to that outside above and beyond all of the, implications of where it fits in the team and what his progression as a player goes. I just love watching a high end shortstop. I don't, I don't think that's a particularly unique view, but I go all the way back to like, you know, Ozzie Smith was my favorite player for my entire childhood and still remains in my like inner circle favorite players of all time. And I don't want to put the Ozzie Smith thing on Mason Wynn. I hate it when people, you know, these like, the, the prospect rankers were like, yeah, he's a little Mike Trout. He's a little, uh, you know, he's a little Ted Williams. He's a little, you know, you're like, Jesus Christ, what an unrealistic expectation. But like, you know, when looks very, very, very good at, at shortstop. And I'm really excited just to watch that again. Yeah. And then I am back on the ground level. Really curious to see how that offense, uh, you know, comes back and uh, and progresses. And what do we get? What do we see as Mason Wynn as like a long term uh, player? Yeah. Is he going to hit eighth forever or or might we see him start to, to rise? Or might we see him start to rise? Or I, might uh, we see him start to rise? <laughs> very like fairy tale esque hmm. the way you describe that. Uh, yeah, I think, I mean, obviously, I can't wait for Mason Wynn. Um, and I think, like, uh, I think, like, what I hope to see is that even if so, I hope to see that he just sticks at shortstop and uh, there's no drama about it. And even if he's not hitting, they kind of let him or not earn it, but figure it out. And yeah. my assumption is that this team's offense should be powerful enough that a struggling Mason win can be hid in the ninth spot while he kind of gets his bearings, and plays a great. Uh, are a solid, if not great, defensive shortstop, and it all kind of works its way. And 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 he, yeah, yeah, it it, it should be smooth. I don't want to see any yo-yoing. I don't want to see. I, he should just be starting. Um, Jose Fermin or whoever takes that bench spot can can steal some starts sometimes, but Mason Wynn should be starting the majority at shortstop. And, yeah, and it, no drama. It, just there, there's nothing to even think about. Just make it happen. Agree 100%. Like they did with Jordan Walker, really in the back half of last year. Obviously, there was all the insanity of the start of the season and his demotion and whatnot. But once he came back up, 
it it was what it was and we saw yep. it start to pay off um and i think that that should happen with win as well and i i would be surprised if that's not exactly what happens unless it is a true like cratering of his yeah, offensive profile yeah. um i suspect that he will get that um get that leash i i also wonder if there's a um if if his defense can be so good that he does get a little bit of the Yachty treatment. If you remember Yachty early in his career, LaRusa saying things like Yachty could hit uh, zero and we'd right. still have him in the lineup every day. Um, again, it's an unfair comparison to, to put them on that same level, but there is a point in these defensive premium positions where like you can't just say, well, whatever. It, yeah. it doesn't really matter. He's here for his glove. Um, I think that would be a disappointing outcome for for win, but like you know, it, it could be a reality. Um, and at the end of the day, if the car if if the Cardinals are struggling and people start to look at Win's offense as a root cause of that, then there's something way worse, way more fundamentally broken yeah. going on because he really the fan should is covered in shit at that point. Yeah, he should be going into this year really the ninth best hitter in the in the lineup right like we don't want it to end that way but uh if he's out hitting some like who who's the eighth best hitter on the team like tommy edmund maybe um, yeah yeah you know of, of the presumed starting yeah uh, Tom, tommy edmund yeah his whole offensive profile is buoyed by a little bit that he steals 30 bags but yeah, yeah it's him well, Wynn could also, you know, with even a with a, a small on base percentage, he could steal that much too with that, yeah, you know, with the new rules. So, um, yeah, no, I'm not expecting that. And I think another factor is that, like, who is you know, with Tommy being the center fielder, what's your other option for shortstop? Yeah, um, yeah. I don't really see that guy unless the JC is. I uh, absolutely on fire and somehow forces it. And we do like a Paul DeYoung where a guy that's a third baseman comes up and plays short. I, I, that, that seems like a very outsider type right. uh, actuality. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's his, it's his, my spot, guess number would zero. be that if my guess would be that if Tommy Edmond is uh, playing short, it's because uh, Victor Scott too is up and, they still want Tommy Edmund playing somewhere, but yeah, Victor Scott has taken over the center field job, which I think we all think is going to happen by the end of this year, but it does start to give you that shuffle problem of where does Tommy Edmund go? If you've got, well, which we talked about with the, we group. talked that's the yeah. best way to use Tommy Edmund is all over the field. Have him yeah. have him plug in, make four starts a week. He can be a defensive replacement. He could be a base running threat. Uh, I, I would prefer to have Victor Scott too out in center and Tommy as super utility, uh, than the yeah. current configuration. But, you know, let's, we're also kind of ignoring the fact that, well, Tommy's not exactly healthy right now. What, True. how is that going to shape out? He's his spring training is delayed to what degree we don't really know. You would have to assume that those starts are going to Dylan Carlson immediately. Um, yeah. but I do think. There's a non-zero chance that Victor Scott has one of those spring trainings like Jordan Walker had last year, where all of a sudden is he in the is he taking the spot over? I don't know. Is he in the conversation? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's funny when you look back at Jordan Walker's spring last year, too. I'd have to pull up the numbers to be uh 
super specific on this, but I feel like he had a good spring, but he wasn't even that crazy over the top. It is almost as if the team had already decided that he was going to break camp based off of everything and spring is like unless he blows it in spring he's gonna you know he's gonna start well Um, ollie talked about it quite a bit basically talking about it It was his attitude and his way about the way he carried himself and all that stuff on top of not crushing or crumbling in front of big league talent so right yeah yeah i I think that's the path that they want to see or the performance they want to see yeah um, but I think Victor Scott, you could argue there, there is still maybe some room for him to grow in the minors. Yeah. Um, so I do think it would take that sort of like you're talking about just extremely successful spring where he's mostly showing power, um, yeah. you know, and, uh, against big league pitching, Yeah. but also big league pitching in, in spring is strange. You'll get innings. If you're really watching and you're paying attention, you'll see an inning where like a guy who is very good is clearly just trying to throw his change up this inning, you know, and he's throwing like 19 change ups in a row and getting shelled. But to him, that was a good inning, right? Yeah. Because he located nine of his 19 change ups, you know, and that was considered successful, even though he also gave up four bombs and right. seven runs. Yeah, you you tell him, Nate. That's how it goes sometimes. That's for training, good. baby. <laughs> um, I I, I want to talk about who I'm interested. Yeah, if that's okay. Um, uh, proceed. Thank you, Matt Carpenter. Um, <laughs> obviously he is the 26th man on the roster. Yep, he's a player coach. He has not had a great recent uh, uh history. Um. Where is he at? Is he is he a black hole? What does his bat speed look like? Can he actually come off the bench and smoke a right-handed pitcher? Um, or is it truly just going to be a mascot role for him this season? He's 38 years old. Last year sucked. He was playing in a ballpark that's hard to hit home runs in, especially at night in San Diego. Um, but can he be... It, can he carry a 100 OPS plus while being a negative player because his defensive value is going to be so low? Like that, that is what I'm curious about. Is he still taking walks? Um, or is it kind of just embarrassing and a throwaway at bat, which I, I'm a little worried about, but I, yeah, you know, I want to have faith in Matt Carpenter. Well, in his very limited play last year, although not, you know, not like, 50 ABs. He did ultimately have 237 plate appearances for the Padres last year. So that's not nothing. Um, And in that time, he did still have a a 13 point. No, a 17.3% walk rate. Yeah. uh, Which is crazy. Um, And that basically buoyed his 322 OBP. So it seemed to me like he was really leaning into the one skill that, you know, really was central to his entire plate approach was being able to tell the difference between a ball and a strike. Right. Um, and with diminished bat speed and overall offensive prowess, he obviously was prioritizing just getting to first. Um, and so I'm wondering if we'll see that from him too, where he's yeah. not even really going for as much power as he was back in the Matt Carpenter that we know. And he's really just trying to, you know, fool his way onto first base. Hey, uh, cause everything else fine. was 
pretty bad and everything else has been pretty bad uh, except for an absurd little time with the New York Yankees uh, which happened and is real and was a lot of fun for everyone. There's a lot of really funny stats of like all time Yankees greats uh, that, you know, with certain plate approach plate appearance measurements have Matt Carpenter as one of the greatest Yankees of all time. (laughs) Yeah. Well, (laughs) which which is hilarious. Yeah. Um, Uh, But outside of that, he really hasn't been a a, a productive big leaguer for five years now. Right. Um, uh, but, you know, drawing a walk is a pinch hitter, depending on the situation. Uh, yeah, I get it. He walks, Nate. You know, I get it. It's what he do. <laughs> he walks. He walks. Still. Um, I feel like he could take a walk. He, he could be 50 years old and, and draw a walk. In, Probably. In, in the big leagues. Um, so outside of walking Matt Carpenter, he walks. Yeah. Um, Miles Michaelis. Uh huh. Steven Matz and Andre Pallante. I am. Th- those are kind of my big. That's obviously there's a lot of competitions. The young kids, the new faces. Sonny Gray is going to be exciting. But Miles Michaelis has basically said he spent all off season retuning his pitches, drive lining the crap out of them, all this stuff. He wants to increase strikeouts. I believe in Miles Michaelis's like massive human being like ability he or what am i trying to say he's very large he's in very good shape and he still throws the ball pretty hard for somebody his age yeah i'd really like if he has some tinkering and some changing of his planes and his pitch spin mix and everything like that i think something really exciting could happen there steven matz seemed to lock into something at the end of last season is that real is he in shape mm-hmm. is he going to stay healthy and I know we've talked about it and it's kind of been a bit, but the Andre Pallante death ball, he did not have a good breaking ball last year. He right. got people to ground out better than anyone in baseball. And it wasn't even close. Can he pair that power sinker with the death ball and actually start striking guys out? Um, those are my, I think those guys are kind of, uh, well, Miles Michaelis and Steven Matz, obviously important to the team's success. Yeah. Andre Pallante, maybe a little less so. But I still think all all of these guys are extremely important to see how the Cardinals pitching staff can kind of cobble together to be uh, somewhat respected and feared. <laughs> yeah, I, the thing with Michaelis that we 100% know to be true based off of how his career has gone is that he is willing and able to make changes, um, both minor and uh, major you know, take the coaching, adjust to how he is aging and whatnot. Um, so I, I do believe him, you know, the re- I do believe I, do- <laughs> I feel like you're coming at me pretty hard today, Ben. Okay. Um, but I, there's a snake know, in my boot. We're, we're definitely, <laughs> I, I'm your favorite deputy. Um, <laughs> Man, putting a snake in someone's boot is that's, like, dude, that's that, so messed up. It's super messed up. It's so <laughs> dark, dude. Uh, hey, would you please not put a snake in my boot? <laughs> I mean, or, seriously. Or do you think? Do you think the snake got in his boot on its own accord, or was someone yeah, trying think, to murder Woody? No, I think it's a nice place to sleep if you're a snake. Yeah. Kind of like a cat up in your carburetor or whatever. 
fuck? Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, cats climbing into carburetors. That is. It that happens. Is, okay. I don't think you know what a it's carburetor war. is. No, maybe it's not carburetor. And just the engine. Cats <laughs> climbing go. into engines all the time. Yeah. You know this. Hey, we've all been there, brother. We've all been there. Uh, Michaelis. So the thing about Michaelis <laughs> is that he, like, we look back at last year, and I think if you ask anybody, how did Miles Michaelis do last year? Everyone would say bad. Yeah. Right? He still put up 3.1. Fangraphs war. Yeah. Which is interesting, right? Because there's really nothing would make you feel that way about how last <laughs> year went. Uh, I think a lot of that is buoyed by the fact that he pitched 201 innings. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And and that also shows in some of the valuation when like, like why the hell uh Kyle Gibson or whatever. It's because that is just inherently valuable in baseball. If you can make it that far, um, you know, that's providing value. So like I think if we all if like if you said right now Miles Michaelis will have a three war season in twenty twenty four, we would all go, Hell yeah. That is Oh, absolutely. Like I would love that. Um and he did it last year and it didn't even look that good. So if he <laughs> if if he does if there's even a slight step forward from w- what happened last year, you know, he could have a pretty good year. It just might not look like it because he's not yeah. He's not a strikeout guy. It's not flashy. He's working quick out there. He looks grumpy. Then he gets off the field, dresses himself up like Woody, the sheriff. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he probably has said there's a snake in my boot at least once oh. in a post-game interview. Uh, unironically. He he, yeah. he meant it. it, it they were in Arizona. In his boot. Yeah. 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 You know, Miles doesn't get enough love. Like. He is, I, I just pulled up some numbers because you're hundred percent right. It, it, we, he kind of shat on himself and I think the Cardinals fans did too, but over the last two seasons, he has the most games started of any pitcher in baseball. He has the fourth most innings pitched in that same time period. And Nate, do you have a guess of how much or where he ranks in war for pitchers over the last two years? Over the last two years? Yeah. So 2022 and 2023 combined. Okay. Well, I have I, I don't have any context, but I do have his numbers as far as his individual performance goes in front yeah. of me, which is five point nine F four. Well, um, I'm asking where you where do you think he ranks in Major League Baseball in Major starters? League Baseball. Yeah, um, I'm gonna say mm-hmm. that puts him on the outside edge of the top thirty. Wow, uh, you're wrong, horribly wrong. You've never been more stupid. He is nineteenth. Over the last two years, I, mean, I don't feel like I'm that far <laughs> off for that <laughs> bit of a declaration. I mean, of, actually, if that's the dumbest I've ever been. I will take it because I'm off by like eight oh, spots. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> he is uh, in the same category as you, Darvish. Leave me alone, Ben. You, <laughs> uh, Darvish, Merrill Kelly, and Logan Gilbert. Uh, he is just above players like Chris Batch, Bassett, Mitch Keller, uh, Kyle Gibson is actually on this list as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like, so yeah, it's back to the original point. Like he wasn't actually that bad. He definitely was a positive player for the team. The Cardinals needed him. And if he actually makes improvements, like we're talking about that, we think he's capable of then. Oh, well, hot damn. We might have a decent number two or three pitcher, whatever this guy's going to be. I'll tell you what. Um, yeah, I mean, three war 
that's definitely like a high end level uh, uh, third starter or a back end second, you know, number two, which is really where he is slotted in on the team to begin with. So, um, yeah, I agree. I think that we and everyone has been unnecessarily dismissive of what Michaelis could bring to the table. And we'll see what he looks like this spring. Like you said, yeah. um, you know, if he's if he's found a way to to improve, then, you know, he could look he could be pretty valuable. If he could just strike out like a couple more <laughs> guys, it would really go a long way. Well, that took a step back last year for sure. Yeah. Um, 2022, 6.8 K per nine. 2023, 6.12. Um, I don't yeah. know where that falls on the uh, on the ranking of pitchers, but that's got to be one of the lowest in, yeah. in baseball. It, it is funny if you look at like his the trend of his numbers and everything like that. What you just said, his strikeouts lowered. Um, his left on base was a little unlucky. His ground ball percentage dipped a significant amount compared to his career numbers. His career ground ball percentage is forty five percent. He had thirty eight percent last year. Um, and his home run fly ball rate went down, which you would think if your grounders are going, yeah. if you're getting less grounders, you're giving up less, more home runs because you're keeping the ball on the ground more. But that wasn't true. Um, all in all, a really weird season for Miles Michaelis. Yeah, it was. You almost never see this, too. We're just really getting into numbers now. But uh, his uh, his ERA was 4.78 and his XFIP was 4.76. So he yeah. basically got like exactly the results to the to the degree he pitched. Right. Although his expected ERA was a 5.41. Um though he he's usually his, that expected ERA is is usually higher um just because I think it is artificially inflated by the fact that he does not strike anybody out. Yeah. And that underlying like stat cast projections metrics, things like that. They do they not love like a, that. Yeah. yeah, they love a strikeout. So if you're one of the worst strikeout pitchers in baseball, like your stats are never your expected stats are never going to look good, even if you consistently outperform those. Yeah. And I mean, he is I'm looking at. OK, we'll stop talking about Miles Michael's deep dive numbers, but his like career bad BIP is slightly below average. But like some guys like Dallas Keuchel got away with that for a little while where he was giving up contact, but it was like surprisingly weak contact. So he's kind of mm -hmm. a BABIP champion. But um, Miles isn't really that. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, I, all that to be said, very excited to see what his stuff looks like um, coming into the new year. I do think that he is extremely important to um, keeping this team together because yeah. I, uh, I just don't have a lot of faith that all five pitchers are going to start all five times because, first off, that never happens. We've belabored the age point. Um, but miles being able to be miles and give 200 innings is huge for this team. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be the third year in a row that he exceeds 200 innings. If he manages to do it. Yeah. Uh, which would be impressive in its own right. You'll love um, to see it. You would love to see it. Wouldn't you Ben? <laughs> I, I would. It's good. All right. What do you want to talk about next? Uh, I, I know we've talked about this point 150 times or any extensions going to happen. Uh, over the next month of spring training baseball. Um, I There's so many names on this list that I would love to see that happen to. Um, Jordan Walker, 
Nolan Gorman make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul Goldschmidt and Lars Newtbar. Um, I, it does not feel like it's going to happen. They usually surprise us with this kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but I think locking up a favorite and a younger player, um, the Cardinals are really behind the times on this. And I think we should really talk about it as often as possible until they actually do this. Pick your favorite, pick two of your favorite, lock them up. Lars Newbar is kind of a slam dunk to me because of his walk rate, uh, his likability. And he probably won't be that expensive because he doesn't have like the super, super high ceiling. But having a 350 plus OBP left fielder, right fielder, center fielder for the foreseeable future, uh, sign me up for that. Yeah. And like you said, like this doesn't matter as much, but he's a fan favorite and that's fun. I think it would be it would be nice to see uh, some effort by the front office to reinforce the fun part of this team that isn't just bringing back your favorite players from a decade ago. Right. Uh, so locking up new bar, I think is, is a great call. And then, yeah, I I'm of the belief that this is, uh, probably the last year that you have a shot at some sort of discount on Jordan Walker and Nolan Gorman. But of course we're both big hype people and we're very hyped for both of them. Who knows? But it certainly feels like this is, even if, if they even have just like moderately good years, the, the price is just going to start to skyrocket. Yeah. Uh, and I know I'm being a homer and I'm and a little pie in the sky, but the idea of like potential 40 home run guys locked into the lineup for the foreseeable future, like you can't yeah. let that go. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, will it happen though? I would be surprised at this point, but I don't know. They got to be doing something up there. What's he doing? You talking you know about I mean? Mo? Yeah. Uh, I don't. I'm just uh, uh, spreadsheets. I'm gonna re. It's spring cleaning. I've got to uh, <laughs> re reassort all my my bow ties. I have a feeling that like John Mosaic doesn't know how to work a dishwasher. Like he has that kind of vibe. <laughs> like he's never. He hasn't done Very laundry in twenty hands. years. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, like I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't even write his own emails. Like he dictates them to an intern. He has that way about him. His little. I don't know. The bow tie wearing. He he thinks he's better than me. <laughs> Bill DeWitt's feeding him a Arby's beef and cheddar. <laughs> that is a horrible image. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. Let's move on. A few yeah. more, few more cardinal things to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, um, so we already talked about Tommy Edmonds injury. I don't know if there's much to add to that other than uh, in a Derek Gould article, he recently said that he is several weeks away from participating in full activities. Several weeks is basically all of spring training. Um, so I think, uh, you know, just everyone should be prepared for a non Tommy Edmond spring and early season. That's just the way yeah. it's going to go. But um, if you're going to miss a part of the season, I think that this is the best part to meet or to miss. You uh, can stay in spring with all the young guys, get hot, come back up and contribute right away. Yeah. Yeah. The way our experience with the Cardinal medical staff is that right now I'm like, okay, they're saying he's going to miss several weeks. I hope that we see Tommy Edmond at the big league level in May. (laughs) I was going to say June. Yeah. (laughs) I almost said June, but I'm trying to be optimistic. Yeah. Um, But just the way these things tend to go and wrist, you know, he's not a power guy to begin with. Right. So, you know, 
He's got. I. I. I don't know. I always. You get worried with injuries. Um. So yeah, it is. And, and I'm not trying to slander Tommy Edmond by any means. Um, we we love a Tommy Edmond. We're the only pro Tommy Edmond podcast. And I'm not trying to say he's the most replaceable player, but him not really having a defensive home does make that a little smoother. Yeah. Um, and man, I uh, I know I got to stop doing this, but I just want Dylan Carlson to put it together in a Cardinals <laughs> uniform. Um, yeah. It would be so much fun. And he is blocked currently. Uh, yeah. And it's a move I don't fully agree with, but I do understand. Yeah, and Brendan Donovan is also kind of blocked too. And, you know, we were seeing before he got hurt last year what really felt like a, a true breakout, you know? Yeah. And so um, I, you want him out there. I do. And I know that the DH will be a little complicated this year and they're going to be mixing a lot of guys in. But the team is young for the most part. And I would really like to see the Cardinals stick to some type of Nolan Gorman, Brendan, Brendan Donovan, second base DH, damn near every day. I want to yeah. see both of those guys in the lineup together. And I don't think either of them are good enough at second base to supplant the other. So keep the guys fresh, play the matchups. Um, Nolan Gorman should have priority over Brendan Donovan. Uh, but like I said, I'd really like to see them in both in as, as much as possible, especially against righties. Yeah. Yeah. He was on a um, roughly four war pace last year yeah. before he got hurt. And for a sophomore season, um, like that's pretty incredible. So um, I think he's like everyone obviously still knows him. There's still a yeah. lot of love for him, but like he has been because of the injury and missing basically half of the season. Like you do sort of start to forget about what Brendan Donovan looked like in the first few yeah. months of the season. Man, it is. I'm just looking at this roster right now, and we always shit on the Cardinals player dev, but like. You look at, you have two stars, you have three stars, Wilson Contreras, Nolan Arenado, Paul Goldschmidt. You have Brendan Donovan, Lars Newbar, and Tommy Edmond, who were essentially non-prospects who have become multiple war accruers, uh, mm-hmm. uh, close to all-star level players. And then everyone else on the team is a high-end draft pick who is getting their first chance. Like you, It's really easy to get hyped on this offense. It's, yeah. it's pretty exciting right now. Well, I think I think we are very harsh on the Cardinals pitching player development yes, for obviously so and right. clear reasons, uh, which we will not retract until we see some signs of of change. But yep. from a from a position player standpoint, like obviously that's been the it's it's the only reason why the team has managed to be well that and uh, Mosaic's ability to uh somehow trick a couple west coast teams into <laughs> trading us their yeah their you know future hall of famers uh yeah. out, outside of that like it's all about the cardinal player development yeah so um all right uh one other thing or two things i wanted to hit uh katie Wu did this great article in the athletic i know i was talking shit on her earlier i retract those statements <laughs> um she did a article basically talking to the players in spring training saying who they're really excited about and uh, it's cool. It's 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 fun to see the players gush about each other. Um, and then she talked to Matt Carpenter, who by far delivered the longest answer to this question. And it kind of I, I was already fine with the Carpenter signing, but it kind of put into perspective uh, who Carpenter is and what he means to the 2024 Cardinals. Um, so if you don't mind, I'm just going to read the quote that he provided to Katie in that article, which, uh, again, I thought was illuminating, at least to me. Um 
He says, uh, does it have to be one? I think Nolan Arenado and Goldie are going to have really big years. I think Jordan Walker is going to have a really big year. I think Lars Newbar is going to have a really good year. Honestly, I think Walker can be as good as anybody in the league. He has all the physical skills to do that. I think Nolan Gorman can be good. I'm a big hype man for the guys. I mean it. Sounds ridiculous that I'm naming so many people, but it's how I feel. But if I had one pick, I would say Jordan Walker. Everyone else is kind of expected a little bit. We expect Nolan and Goldie to be Nolan and Goldie. We expect Lars to make more of that next step. Gorman was really good last year, and I think he's going to be better. But I think Jordan has a chance to change the, as the biggest breakout candidate. I'm really excited to see what he's capable of doing. Um, and what you have is a guy who is on the roster basically tripping over himself, gushing over and hyping up all of the players that he's about to play with. Uh, there was also some nice things said about Brendan Donovan. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that leadership and that positivity and it be reading it out of his mouth. I, I think I, I, I think I'm a little more on board with the whole thing now. What did I say? Something weird reading it out of his mouth. <laughs> it's just a, yeah, that's how people talk. I made a face after Ben said that, and, and he caught it. Yeah, <laughs> you, you were reading it out of his mouth. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, it's it's easy to make fun of the signing. We've done it a lot. Yeah, it's a strange move. It's unlikely yeah. to be successful on the field, but I do think that the like the team has made it pretty clear, especially in interviews like this and interviews from guys like Paul Goldschmidt and Arenado that it is explicitly not an on-the-field signing. Right. Um, and it kind of sucks that, you know, something has happened so terribly in the uh, dugout that they need to give a spot on your, you know, a limited major league spot to someone who's just there to basically hype everybody up. But, you know, we, we've said it before, this team is one that, like, a lot of people are locked in in their spots. And so... You know, that last bench spot is not maybe as used as much on this team than some right. other teams. And so if he can rah-rah everyone back up to their former glory, like, you know, it's going to be really hard to put it all back on Matt Carpenter. But, like, you know, Nolan Arenado was like four or five war less good than he normally is last year. Yeah. Um, Goldie was also not that great i mean they were both still good comparatively but or you know to the broader context of the league but to their own careers they were not great so like if those two guys do feel just better having matt carpenter around and suddenly they're back to five six four players like i guess that's a pretty good investment right yeah now it does give me okay cool what about next year but we'll worry about that after Goldie might not even be on the team, I guess. So, yeah, um, you know, we'll figure that out later. But like, I don't know. I, I can't think of a time where I've seen someone so explicitly brought to a team not to necessarily be good on the field. <laughs> like yeah. everyone tried to retcon Jason Hayward with the Cubs. Yeah. You know, he was so bad and everyone loves to talk about, well, but you don't know what was going <laughs> on in the dugout, right? Yeah. yeah. Right. Like they tried to be like, that was also part of why we gave him one of the biggest contracts in our, in our team history was because of what he does in the dugout. But that right. was kind of retconning a whole yeah. thing. I think this is like, he's league minimum. He's, you know, he's here to get great candid photos of him, Arenado and Goldie standing in a circle doing belly laughs. 
which I don't pouring know into each other, as Wayne yeah. likes to say. Yeah, yeah, I like that. But he says yeah. it. Pouring into uh, each other. Yeah. Have you? Yeah. Wayno says that sometimes, like when they're when they're having a good know. time. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to talk about it. Okay. It's filthy. <laughs> um. Okay. One last thing I wanted to bring up, and then we can go to the break. Was obviously Anthony Rendon has been in the news quite a bit. Um, and for some things that he said, if you haven't read the interview, he basically said things that I, I honestly had no problem with. Um, but he was talking about the idea of like, uh, baseball is not very important to him. It's his job. That's how he looks at it. He revealed that in 2014, he made a pro and cons list of whether or not he should stay in the league. This was when he was, I think he's 24 in 2014. Um, and I, so I, I looked at this through a Cardinals lens because uh, we kind of make fun of the Cardinals for signing Sonny Gray and Lance Lynn and Kyle Gibson because they, quote unquote, wanted to be here. Right. And then you have the Angels who gave Anthony Rendon something like $250, 60000000 million. Uh, and he doesn't want to be there. And we're seeing that play out. And I think that I'm of the perspective that and maybe Anthony Rendon is an extreme case, and maybe there are other lesser cases that we'll just never know about it. About, but maybe there is value in players wanting to be here. Maybe there is value in avoiding having a player who I understand feeling that way, but he must be not very, uh, not very a smart. Wow, I'm I'm crushing this. He must, he must not be a, a very a smart guy. We all we were all following. <laughs> he must not be very smart. Because why would you say these things when yeah. you're being paid $38 million a year that you, he must know nobody wants to hear that. Yeah. He and he must, also once attacked a fan. So I think there's a lot of evidence around him, maybe not having the best uh, self-control and, uh, and, and recognition of, of the moment. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's obviously complicated because you're this is all narrative stuff, right? It's all about motivators and and you know what brings the best performance out of a person is such a deeply individual thing. Yeah. Um like in, in the broad scope, I I think, you know, a player being very self-aware of their priorities is good. I think that for everybody. And if your priorities have uh your family and your faith at above whatever else by all means wonderful i think that's I think, that's normal i think the yeah, majority that's of actually people most, feel that yeah way. that's yeah. most people it's only in these extreme careers where you get these like crazies who have devoted their entire life since they were four and like there is nothing more important to them than those things um and i don't think one is inherently uh, necessarily better than the other. Um, but I, I think having that self-awareness and knowing what your priorities are is good. And I think that's okay that Rendon prioritizes his family and his faith over baseball. That all said, this would be a very different conversation if he was still being good at baseball. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like if he was playing, if he was playing and if he was playing well, like yeah. it, it's, it's a rough, it's a rough take. If you're an Angels fan, when you see this guy that your team spent uh, a lot of money on bringing over, and he has basically been a non-entity on that team. Yes. Um, and then you hear him out there saying like, yeah, this isn't really a priority for me. You're like, 
well, what the hell do you mean? Because it's one thing to say, I prioritize my family over baseball, but yeah. baseball is still my life and I want to be good at it. He's not even saying that. He's like, no. he's like, man, I almost quit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I'm here. Is, you should be happy. Yeah. So it's like, these are, it's not the same thing. Just saying you prioritize something over baseball. That's cool. By all means, whatever. Um, but, but saying like, I don't even really want to be doing this. Like, how could anyone support that? Like, yeah. And, and in this field, you are surrounded by people who have chosen to make it their number one priority. And right. so you also can't be surprised if you get a lot of shit for not prioritizing it. Now, whether that's right or wrong, you know, that's a, you know, I, I that, that's a broader conversation, but like he can't be pissed if people are upset that he is both not good and also saying he doesn't care about it. <laughs> yeah. Retire. That's if yeah, I was just, an angels fan, I would say retire, give yeah, us this money back. And I make, think that's the part that the only thing that I think that I understand making people mad is that ostensibly angels fans are paying for his salary, right? Right. Those people work. It's like a total, um, it's it's a total dis it's an under a uh, misunderstanding of like being able to look at the perspective from somebody else's point of view yeah. putting on somebody else's shoes it's just anthony rendon uh you guys should be happy i'm here uh i just got the bag and and that's all i care about um i'll you know i can't wait yeah. to retire well it, it's, we, it's just we, a lack of self awareness we saw this as Cardinal fans we have an example of this this is very similar to what colby rasmus was doing colby, remember JD Drew kind of falls into the same yeah. camp. Um, yeah. And I mean, I'll, I know I've brought this up on the podcast before and I, I probably will forever uh, whenever Colby's name is brought up. But uh, there was a specific interview where he said that he had never once tried to learn uh, the game from Albert Pujols, who was in the middle of, you know, winning MVP after MVP and looked like the best right-handed hitter of all time. And he said, oh, no, you know, we're we're teammates, but... Yeah, yeah, you know, I don't really ask them for much. Um, yeah, it's like, oh, you just don't get it, and yeah. you're just physically gifted enough to be able to play. Um, yeah, and he's one of those guys that yeah, it's just, um, baby, he was born this way, as Lady wow. Gaga might say. All right, <laughs> that's a good way to end that conversation. All right. Well, we've got more we want to talk about, but before we do, we want to remind our listeners that this show is listener supported on patreon if you enjoy it and you're looking forward to the 2024 season like we are and want to follow it in a way that you never have before consider joining our patreon you get access to our private discord server we call it the bird scored it's a great place to uh, talk with other cardinal fans uh, and avoid the noise and sort of fragmented landscape i thought you were gonna is... say the noid <laughs> i'm never trying to avoid the noid Give me that pizza. <laughs> no, he takes the pizza. I'm trying to find him. They didn't get it back. Oh, okay. That makes sense. <laughs> Give me that pizza. <laughs> I think I, I think I could be annoyed. Yeah. yeah. You annoyed me. Yeah. <laughs> Put that one on a T for you. <laughs> um, if you like this and want to support it, consider joining the Patreon, <laughs> patreon.com slash talking about birds. Uh, thank you to our existing patrons and to those that are considering it. Uh, if you want to support the show in another way, you can leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. It really does help. Um, you could also tell your friends and your family, uh, the season is starting and then maybe they, uh, want to follow along and, and, you know, 
um, listen to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> really lost. <laughs> I'm thinking about the Noid. Um, yikes. Uh, yeah. Hambone, where can people find us elsewhere? Yo, follow us on Twitter at TalkAboutBirds. We are on Instagram at TalkingAboutBirds. This show is available on Spotify if you want to listen to us there. Uh, we have a TikTok. We're getting views and likes like, oh, oh man, you wouldn't there's, believe. There's the dozens. <laughs> Go check us out on TikTok. Uh, if you want to email us thoughts, questions, musings, concerns, criticisms, talkaboutbirds at gmail.com. You can find all of that information at talkingaboutbirds.com. Oh, I almost forgot. We are on YouTube. If you prefer listening to your podcast on YouTube, we are there. Uh, and as always, you can call us. You can text us at 848-48-BIRDS. That is 848-482-4737. Yeah. I also want to give a quick plug. I don't do this on every episode, but um, the video game podcast I'm on, we are approaching our 400th episode. Wow. Um, nearly 10 years with that show. We are have you a- guys going to do Helldivers 2? <laughs> Um, probably not. Doesn't okay. quite fit the the core concept of the show. But yeah, what um, do you guys I, do on that show? Uh, we talk about short video games, games that respect your time. If you're like me and you have a hard time fitting video games into your life, but you w- still really want to engage with them, we recommend great short games that you can still play and feel um, a bit of accomplishment with. We're also starting to uh, dive back into retro games a little Ooh, bit more. So we've got a, we're, we're about to record an episode on Castlevania Symphony of the Night, which is oh, wow. like a game I had never played before, and I'm playing it now, and I'm absolutely loving it. And uh, so, uh, yeah, it's called The Short Game on all your podcast platforms. Um, all right, so... We have the return of a game that we've done. I think was last year the first time we did it, or did we do it two years in a row? Oh, I don't remember. Wow, you're really, um, I don't know. Yeah, I think this is the second year we're doing it. Um, ben, I'm gonna let you intro because this was sort of your brainchild, my brainchild. Uh, all right, this is called the Free Agent Scraps Big Money Draft, aka Fazbund. Um, so how this is gonna work? is that Nate and I are each going to draft six players from the current remaining crop of free agents. And whoever, uh, whichever player group secures the most guaranteed money by the start of the season is the winner. So that means the first baseball game, the first MLB game that is played this year will be the cutoff. Anybody who signs after that, that money doesn't count. And this is total guaranteed. So if Matt Chapman signs a 10-year deal, that person is probably going to be uh, uh, doing fairly well. Um, but it's just whatever total guaranteed, uh, it'll include like if there's a buyout, whatever that number is, uh, but we'll figure it out. Nate and I were talking before. We have decided, because I think it's a little more fun, we are going to take Jordan Montgomery, Cody Bellinger, and Blake Snell out of this game uh, just for the sake that essentially whoever gets two of those guys is very likely to win it, and it, it would kind of ruin the competition aspect of it. Yeah. Uh, if we had a third person, maybe that would have, we should have done that as, as had another person hmm. that could have even, we could have each taken one of those players, but we didn't do that. So we're going to uh, exclude them from this practice um, because I think it is fair to assume all of those guys will make over a hundred million bucks and kind of blow the game out of the water. Um, so with that being said, Nate, would you, uh, should we flip a coin? How do you want to decide who goes first? So, I've I've got a uh, I was gonna roll 
a D20 here. Okay. And we'll say whoever's closest. So you pick a number and I'll pick a number. We'll okay. Or who... do you want to take like above 10 and below 10? Oh, that makes more sense. Yeah. 50-50? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'll take 1 through 10 and you take 11 through 20. All right. All right. Here we go. I've, it's here on this app here. Oh, so. wow. You don't have a real die. I mean, I could go grab my dice. It's you know fine. I've got dice. <laughs> it's fine. What did we say? You're one through. I'm top. Or, you're you're bottom. Okay. Down. Wow. Oh, looks like a 15. 15. Let's yep. go. All right. Hambone, you are first up. I'll keep track of the, okay. of the names. I, I, I think that there is a number one overall draft pick in this game. I'm not going to get creative. I want to win. I'm going to take that name. Give me Matt Chapman. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm pretty surprised he hasn't signed yet already, but I guess you could say that about a lot of guys. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, this offseason has been so weird. I wonder if we're at the point where Scott Boris has uh, screwed the pooch. Did he overplay his hand like four times over? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Um, it's certainly strange at this point. There was an article recently about Cody Bellinger and even the Cubs were like, we've had discussions, but no negotiations. Yeah. So it's like, it's getting, getting kind of late guys. It is. Um, yeah. But and especially someone like Blake Snell, um, or Jordan Montgomery, who, you know, you would expect would want that spring ramp up, but, um, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, you took Matt champ, Matt. Chapman. Matt Chapman. Matt Champman. Um I'm gonna go with a pitcher here. Um, I think this guy's gonna get a couple years, and that's why his total value is gonna end up being uh higher. I'm gonna go with Mike Clevenger. Wow. There what is a, a pretty pick. steep there is a pretty steep drop off after Matt Chapman. Yeah, there really is. <laughs> that being said, like is Matt Chapman going to secure a multi-year deal? I don't know. It like at this point, who knows? A yeah. year ago, I would have said, of course. Now, because of where his offense at, like I really have no idea what's going to happen there. Yeah, I've seen some people calling for uh, the Cardinals to offer like Snell like thirty-five million dollars for this year, and just say, you know, like, let's go. Um, so I actually think the Cardinals should do. We're going to go off on a, a tangent really quick, but I was thinking about this the other day. I think the Cardinals should offer Blake Snell some type of deal and go long. I think that they should offer him like a deal averaging 25 to 27 uh, uh, AAV and spread it out over like six or seven years or something like that. Do you mean give him actually that many years of control or some sort of uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, Otani deferred. Yeah, uh, some sort of deferred payment. I, I think they should pay him straight up, but I think that they should try to dilute the AAV to get it lower than what he's asking for and go longer. So the number looks yeah. big um, and see what happens with an aging Bla uh, uh, Blake Snell. But I, mm -hmm. I, I don't think it will happen, but I think it'd be very smart. I think the Cardinals could spread out the cost, which they don't like having an individual player cost all that much. Yeah. And you still get a Blake Snell. Um, it, it, it's not going to happen, but I wish that they would. Would be interesting. All okay, right, you're sorry, up. you took Clev. Okay. Yes. Um, I, I, this is my. I, I had this guy. He was going to be my second pick all the all the way. Uh, give me JD Martinez. I think yeah. he's going to secure a hefty one year deal. That was. I was going back and forth between JD and Clev, and I just think Clev gets a couple years, and it yeah. might add up more. 
JD uh, Martinez is projected at 12 million. I think he's going to eclipse that. I think he is going yeah. to get more money than that. Um, and probably go to a winner who needs an extra bat. He was good last year. He was when, when like, he's on the field. He's good. Shockingly good. I saw some people connecting the reds to him. I don't want that to happen, but yeah. him in that ballpark would be really good. Yeah. It would make a lot of sense. Um, all right. I'm going to go with, Hmm. I mm. think Pickens are already slim here. <laughs> yeah. I think people pay for pitching. Yeah. He might not be the most exciting, but I think Michael Lorenzo. Ah, oh, damn it. Yeah. Good pick. Good pick. He's also like, not only does everyone need pitching, but he does relieving, relieving and starting. Like he can, yeah. he, he, he fills a lot of holes. Yeah. All right. That's, that's brave of you, Nate. That's, we're all very impressed. Thank you. Um, by your ability to make that decision. I did it all on my own. I did it all on my own. I'm going to go with a podcast favorite. Um, <laughs> I think a winning team is going to employ the services of Tommy Pham. I thought you were going to say that. I, yeah, Tommy Pham. I, he also might be somewhat. I, I get like he had his revenge tour. Yeah, he's got the slap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What more does What more does he need? So I think there's a possibility that he just retires. Um, did you see? Did we talk about it last week? He he watched the first half of the Super Bowl <laughs> at the Super Bowl. Yes. and then went home for the other half because he's yes. a Vegas. Uh, he lives in Vegas. Insane. Yeah, it's so funny. Big power move too. Just like, yeah, I only went to the first half of the Super Bowl. <laughs> he is nuts. But uh, you know, you gotta you gotta keep playing baseball to pay for that kind of lifestyle. So that's I think a, he's gonna stick around. Point. That's a good point. Um, okay. So I'm gonna go with uh this guy's been around for a while and he's still he's still young enough, I think, that a team is gonna pay for his services. I'm gonna go Michael A. Taylor. Wow. Okay. I don't think it's going to be a crazy deal, but we are yeah. we're in the dredges here, and I think he he provides some defense, a little bit of speed, a little bit of pop. Yeah, um, so I think someone will someone will give him a deal. Okay, I uh, I should probably pick a pitcher. Oh, I'm a huge fan of TA though. Um, but man, it's crazy that Tim Anderson is not on a major league baseball team right now. I. I'm going to go with my gut, Nate. I'm picking Tim Anderson. Tim Anderson. Yeah. I mean, man, what a colossal collapse from Tim Anderson last I know. year. I, it's hard for me to believe. Yeah. Well, and then he also punched Jose Ramirez or tried to, and then yeah. got decked by Jose Ramirez. Oh, so that, that was bad. Yeah. Yeah. So like he was bad and did shit like that too. So it's yeah. like, you know, I did see the Marlins were considering him and that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, I think you said last week, you can't imagine the Marlins going into the season with, um, was it John Birdie? John Birdie. Yeah. That's their current starting shortstop, which is not going to happen. Yeah. Um, okay. I'm gonna go with silence. I'm going to go with another still young outfielder that I think is going to get a contract from someone 
Maybe someone will surprise us and give him two years and it'll stack up. But I think Eddie Rosario. Oh, okay. It's an interesting choice from an interesting player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's been like silently like pretty good, yeah. you know, for quite a while. He's n- he's not going to win you a championship, but like, you know, there's a reason the Braves were going after him too. Yeah. So. All right. This is my final pick, right? Um, We're both at four. Oh, we are. Oh, okay, good. This I feel much better all of a sudden. Okay, I am going to go with Jake Odorizzi, the starting pitcher. Um, I think he can secure somewhere around ten million bucks. Let's go. Somebody's going to get injured, and then they're going to that team is going to pay Jake. Uh, frequently tied to the Cardinals by everyone but the Cardinals. Yeah, (laughs) that would be not the worst thing the Cardinals have ever done. Yeah, yeah. Well, and. He's another guy, right? That fits in the like, I want to play with the Cardinals camp. Yeah. Hasn't he said that a couple times? He has. Yeah. Um, okay, I'm going back into pitching. I think uh I think we talked about this guy last week. Um, uh, I'm surprised he hasn't been signed yet. Matthew Boyd. Matthew Boyd. I yeah, that's a good pick. Another person that would make a lot of sense for the Cardinals. Um All right. Yeah, now, he's had a weird couple of years, but you'd still think he'd get something. Yeah. Now your last pick. My last pick. Okay. Um, I guess I can say whatever I want because um, I you can't really take anyone from me anymore. I'm, I'm looking at Brandon Belt. Uh, yeah. I'm looking at Adam Duvall. I think Adam Duvall is a massively underrated player. Um, I'm looking at, I don't know, Elvis Andrews. He's always good to lock on somewhere. I'm going to say... Brandon Belt. He had a sneaky good year last year. Um, a team needs him. Give me give me Brandon Belt for my final pick. Yeah, I was leaning towards that too for my last pick. Um he's just one of those guys too. Every you know, he gets all the like championship mindset, you know, that sort of thing. Someone's gonna give him a someone's gonna give him a contract. Like it would be if the Cardinals signed him over Matt Carpenter, that would have been a very <laughs> smart move. Well, yeah, it's the same. He would have been the same uh, camp where, like, I think a lot of people were were saying the Cardinals should sign Joey Votto. Yeah. Um, and I, I was kind of one of them, mostly for the, like, the you know, world. hilarity of it. But yeah. also, like, you could see him in a part-time platoon role uh, being both successful on the field and acting as that sort of yeah glue in the dugout, you know? So I... um yeah, I, I I think you could get that with him too. Um, people will pay for that. Uh, Brandon Belt had a one thirty eight WRC plus last year. How was he not signed? Well, the for a while now, the league has just been really bad at signing players who are over thirty five, yeah. unless you are like, you know, Jacob Degrom, right. Justin Verlander, that sort of stuff. You know, it's the league. It's the good. league hates first baseman too. Yeah. Well, it's like you probably have someone who can stand there already and do you need to pay the 10 to 20 million dollars for Brandon Belt when you know you can give that spot so when you yeah. guys in the minors. So um all right, I'm going to do Adam Duvall. All right, smart pick. I think he's going to get signed. So yeah, probably Red um, Sox again, something like that. Yep. All right, so I'll run through the teams real quick. Uh Ben, your team is Matt Chapman. Michael Lorenzen, Tommy Pham, Tim Anderson. Wait, wait, I didn't take Michael Lorenzen. You did. 
Oh shit. Oh, I swapped. Sorry. Yep. Thank Dumbass. you. That's so funny. Uh, I, I gave me Michael or I gave me JD Martinez. Wow. Wow. Michael Lorenzen. Let me try Let me try again. We'll see if I fucked any else up. Matt Chapman, JD Martinez, Tommy Pham, Tim Anderson, Jake Odorizzi, Brandon Belt. That's a good little starting to a team right there. You know, yeah. maybe five years ago. Right. Yeah. Mine's about to be the same. Uh, Eddie or Eddie, Mike Clevenger, Michael Lorenzen, Michael Taylor, Eddie Rosario, Matthew Boyd, Adam Duvall. Yeah. I think I like your team better than mine, but I think yeah. mine will get more money. So, um, well, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, you know, Matt Chapman is the huge question mark. Um, yeah. And then just for fun, who do you think is going to have the most guaranteed out of Bellinger, Snell, and Montgomery? Snell. I'm going to go with Bellinger. Yeah. They, I, the fact that he hasn't signed yet, it just feels at this point that there's something going on with He's him. He's 28, that, though. Yeah. He's a 28 MVP winner. I know the batter ball profile. I don't buy into that as much as a lot of people do. I think he was situational hitting, which of course makes your numbers look a little bit different. Uh, but the guy still hit the ball out of the ballpark. So I, I find the whole thing kind of yeah. crazy. And he's, and he uh, took advantage of the new stolen base rules as well. So um, like I, I, I would, I, th- I think it's crazy, but it just to this, at this point, it seems great. Like, I don't understand why people haven't signed him. Yeah. Um, but Blake Snell just won a Cy, Cy Young and has, you know, he's a two-time Cy Young winner. And yeah, and people well, pay for pitching. So we'll we sh- see. We shall see. All right. All right. Well, All right, let's keep that talking was about fast. The rest boom, of the, yeah, let's keep talking about the rest of the league. What do you got for us? Yeah, let's move in, hit some news really quick. Uh, Whit Merrifield and the Phillies agree to a one-year, $8 million deal. Uh, he'll be a super utility player there. Probably a smart championship move. Um, yep. Uh, Hinjin Ryu, who I've been asking the Cardinals to sign for about three months, has just signed with KBO's Hanwha Eagles. Uh, so we'll be going back to his home country, no longer playing in MLB. Uh, we'll see if he ever comes back. I imagine this is it for him Yeah, uh, if he's decided to do that. Um, surprised. And you would have to think there's probably a personal decision in here over right. lack of interest. At least that would yeah. be my read on the situation. Maybe. The market's been so weird this year, though. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure it's probably the decision of do I keep waiting around to find the right MLB deal or do I just go back to KBO and be a star there and you know yeah he, um, he made, made a bunch of money already yeah he's fine uh, also our closer Liam Hendricks signs a two year deal with the Rods Red Sox the Red Red Sox the Red Sox uh, it could total up to 20 million bucks with incentives and includes a mutual option for a third year. Um, kind of fun. Uh, I feel like the Red Sox fans are going to love Liam Hendricks when he is healthy yeah. and, and back to pitching, but, uh, good for him. Love, love watching him play. Yeah. Good dude. Good story. Um, kind of crazy year last year, probably yeah. won't pitch for most, if not all of this year. So they're really, you know, paying him for for 2025 and i think the the hope that he's back and good and maybe they go go further than that you know but uh yeah i mean i i think any team who signed him is probably going to be a a good deal yeah um the brewer we talked about this quite a bit in the bird scored uh the brewers have signed righty brandon woodruff for a two-year deal uh, with a bunch of incentives. And I think there's an option for a third year as well. Very similar to Liam Hendricks deal. Uh, but the Brewers bring their guy back. Um, 
probably the most predictable move, but I really didn't think it was going to happen. Yeah, I think the two-year deal for Woodruff was the most predictable thing in the world. Yeah. I am kind of surprised that the Brewers did it. I, I'm, I really thought one of these high-budget teams were going to come in and splash uh, for Woodruff and basically say, like, we'll see you in 2025. Has Dodgers and Yankees written all over yeah. it. I, yeah. The Yankees in particular, I was really surprised they didn't do that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, good, probably good for the Brewers. Yeah. Of course, you never know, like major surgery and, and whatnot. So we'll it's see. To, the, the dollar amount hasn't been released yet, but it's really hard to imagine that uh, the Brewers losing on this deal. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll see, though. Maybe maybe the dollars are higher than we expect. It it furthers. I, I think that the Brewers have are, are playing for 2025. Yeah, you know, I'm sure they're hoping that things like break crazy well for them in 2024. But with the Corbin Burns trade, yeah, um, you know, I, I'm sure they're thinking 2024 is the year of uh, Jackson Cherio, DL yeah. Hall, Joey Ortiz, Brandon Woodruff getting healthy. It's like this is a a ramp up year for all of these high end prospects that they have. And then if Brandon Woodruff comes back healthy, if Cherio is the next Acuna, like some people yeah. think, like they're they're right back in it in 2025 so it's like a short rebuild which is why i said on the previous episode that i think the corbin burns deal is probably going to end up being pretty good for them i think dl hall is going to be good yeah Uh, so we'll see i want to be surprised if they trade devin williams to a a world series contender contender halfway through the season and uh and improve their roster uh, going forward even more we'll see they've uh they've done it before (laughs) yes they have um, the Diamondbacks sign Randall Gritchick. Always nice to see a Cardinal, former Cardinal, get a job. Uh, he'll, I assume, kind of just be uh, uh, the uh, right-handed option for Jock Peterson. Um, but Diamondbacks are fun. Uh, good for Gritchick. Love to see it. Uh, going from Gritchick to the guy who was in the garage. <laughs> going from the uh, from Gritchick to the guy who was picked after Randall Gritchick in the draft. Uh, Mike Trout says. Uh, that asking for the, uh, sorry, Mike Trout says asking the angels for a trade would be taking the easy way out. Quote, the overall picture of winning a championship or getting to the playoffs here is bigger satisfaction than bailing out and just taking the easy way out, maybe down the road if some things change, but that's been my mindset ever since the trade speculation came up. What I'm here to say, Nate, I think this is the first of like, hmm, four or five public statements that Mike Trout is going to make in the pursuit of requesting a trade in the next <laughs> 16 months. I'm, I'm going to, I'm giving myself a large window. Yeah. But I think, especially with, there was a report today that said that the angels well, first off, Artie Moreno is sticking around. They are reducing their spend going forward. Um, and I think Mike Trout, I believe Mike Trout, but I think, over the next 16 months, he is either going to be gone or publicly say that he is open to a trade or the angels exploring other options. I think, yeah, I think we're getting close. And I think Mike Trout is not dumb. He understands his situation. And I think that he understands that if he couldn't have done it with that front office and Shohei Otani, um, it's, it's very unlikely to happen. Well, that's a thing that stands out to me in the statement as well, is that he says 
being traded is the easy way out, which seems to imply that he thinks or he's expressing that he feels like there's more he could be doing to help the Angels win the World Series. Yeah. Which we all know is unequivocally false. He's right. one of the best players of all time. Yeah. There, there is nothing more he could do. No. And so it is not taking the easy way out to be traded. No. He, he has been doing max effort since he's been there. It's he needs. He has been the team. Yeah. He needs the players around him and the front office to build a, a successful team around him. He needs them to do the hard work. He has done the hard work the entire time. So right. the statement doesn't make a lot of sense to me um, other than it's just something that you say. Right. <laughs> and I think sure. that's why you're probably right. It's like it's laying the groundwork, sort of the permission structure, because he does then say unless things change. Yes. Right. And so there we go. He's now laying the the ground, the the permission structure. I don't want to be traded. That's the easy way out. But look at what this team has continued to do. Yes. I, I can't do this anymore. Let me go to a team that is ran uh, effectively. And, you know, you look at, he watches what Pujols did. He watches what Shohei Otani just did. Yeah. And we, we can predict that Shohei is going to have probably uh, a nice playoff run this year. That he's going to be able to participate in. You can at least sure say that Otani's going to have an abundance of real attempts at a World Series championship. Yeah, um, Trout can't even say that he has a chance at a at playoffs right now. They are currently uh, projected to be the second worst team in their division. Yeah, only worse, uh, only uh, better than the A's, which are the worst team in baseball. So right. Yeah, it's. I feel and, bad for Trout. I hope he gets out of there just for baseball's sake. And arguably, the A's have a few more exciting players, possibly like in the in the farm and and on the team itself than the Angels. The Angels have Mike Trout, and then yeah. like almost nothing else. Anthony Rendon. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. It's bad over there, man. It's 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 bleak, and they're they're uh, they're um, Noah uh, Noah Chanel How however you guys Chanel. say that? Ch- Chanel Chanel. He's kind of exciting, um, but they're yeah they're I mean they're uh, minor leagues are depleted. They're they're in a bad spot. Yeah, and I, I mean that guy Chanel or whatever. Everyone loves a low power first baseman. That's definitely <laughs> what you want. <laughs> yeah, he's there though. Neto, um, should hell be of an good. at bat. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Um, Tony Clark, the leader of the Major League Baseball Players Association, has formally stated that he wants the uniforms to be fixed before the season starts. <laughs> you this know, you is becoming a real the, deal. Yeah, the Players Union. If your jersey is so bad that the Players Union is getting f- involved, you have fucked up now. It's it hilarious. Is wild. Yeah. I also like, I think we kind of talked about this when we first brought this up, but th- this game is viewed primarily on television. It should look decent on television and if the players have pants that are either see-through or don't fit properly or the patches are falling off what are we doing where is the savings i don't know i mean i think insane see-through pants that might increase (laughs) did you see that shot of cal rally uh the big dumper himself the big dumper he was doing an interview and you could just see through his pants just 
everything. You get a look at that big number. <laughs> it's insane. Uh, yeah, it it's bizarre. I mean, it's not surprising. It is a further. No. We talked about it last week. It's the further, yeah. you know, every everywhere you can pinch a penny, you do until yeah. the whole thing collapses. And uh, yeah. yeah, they're they're trying um, to spin it as this is athletic wear. Yeah, and it's it's meant to be like perform its performance gear and that's why yeah. it's so shitty it's like that's not what they want my they, you know you you can't see through my gym shorts when i'm going <laughs> to the, like what are we doing it's so stupid i personally just wrap myself in saran wrap before i go <laughs> uh um yeah. all right final piece of news little dunking on the a sacramento is emerging as a front runner to host the oakland a's from 2025 to 2027 uh, Sutter Health Park in Sacramento, Sacramento is home of the Triple A River Cats. They're a Giants affiliate, uh, and that place can seat fourteen thousand people, which is fine enough for the A's. They can't fill that up, anyways. Uh, and apparently, the uh, part of the confusion and why they're scrambling is because Oakland doesn't want to renew their lease. And if they, if the A's leave the general area before their TV deal is up, they will get zero TV revenue. And obviously that is a non-starter for uh, ownership. Um, So now they have to figure that out. And it seems very likely that we're going to have major league baseball at a minor league stadium, which um, I mean, there's a lot of things to hate Rob Manfred for. Yeah, this I think if you're a baseball fan at large, this should be the number one thing people are wearing him out about. He is yeah. the ownership group and Manfred in particular have completely fumbled the A's and they have let John Fisher fail and embarrass the sport. It is a joke. Yeah, agree. hundred um, percent. Yeah, that's all I have to say. And that's that's all we got for league news. All right. Well, normally we would do another sort of game here at the end of the episode, but um, since we already did the player draft and uh, we've been sort of yelling at each other for for long <laughs> enough on this episode already, uh, I think we're gonna we're gonna call it here and we'll we'll do another. Uh, uh, trust me, I've got a particularly stupid game for you prepared, but we'll we'll do it okay. next week um, for the for the sake of of time and for our listeners. So. Uh, yeah, so this is it. This is the last episode before the the spring training games start in earnest. So we will be back next week uh, with some coverage of on-the-field actions, which I am so excited about. Uh, join the Patreon. Watch some games with us. We had our first movie night a few we- months ago, and we're going to do some watch parties and stream from within the Discord where we can sort of watch games together. It, it should be a lot of fun. So we've got some cool ideas get in there we'll watch games together we'll chat about them together it's patreon.com slash talking about birds um but again tell your friends tell your families uh we'll we're we're really looking forward to a fun and good 2024 um so we'll be back next week and until then go cardinals thank you bye